This is the latest. Hello and welcome back to The Latest, the Leeds Student Radio News Podcast. I'm Tom and this week we are going to talk religion and university. So everything from what adaptations does the university make or doesn't make, what it's like to be a religious student at university, whether it's something you talk about, and also uh, religion in Leeds more generally. Uh, Joining me today we have two students. We have Benji Goldstein, you are the presenter of the Faith Show on LSR. Yes, I am. Yeah, every Sunday at six o'clock. <laughs> Cheeky plug. And <laughs> can't resist. And you are Jewish, is that right? I am Jewish. Yes. Yeah. And then we have Bella, member of the news team. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? All good. And you are agnostic. Agnostic. And then we have a couple of people joining us. As, as, on top of that, we have Andrew Edwards, who is the presenter of Weekend Breakfast on BBC Radio Leeds, including a. Uh, program which is more religious on Sundays would you say? It is hi Tom yes so six uh, I'll get my plug in now so (laughs) so, six until ten on a a Sunday morning uh, the first three hours of that the gardening which is the final hour is not terribly religious but the first three hours is faith and ethics based and that covers well I'm sure we'll talk about it a wide range of different subjects and also I suppose spirituality in a more general sense yeah absolutely I was listening this Sunday I will admit not at 6am I might have had to might have had to listen back but um you cover a range of faiths, don't you? We do. So, uh, for example, at 10 to 6 on a Sunday morning, even before the programme formally starts, we have a, a Sikh reflection. We have a, a Muslim reflection every Sunday morning. On a Saturday morning, actually, we have a, a Hindu reflection. And then we have various, what we call them keeping faith conversations. A lot of these things changed and started when the uh, pandemic began. And we actually have, so this weekend just gone we had a a couple of other faith reflections as well so generally speaking I might be Jewish or Muslim or Hindu or Sikh but I also have people who I speak to regularly I have something called the faith catch-up except when I need to do the small print and change it a bit because there are a number of people who are humanists who join us so they've got a very strong set of beliefs and many people would say they're very ethical in fact I had one guest a while ago said such a shame you don't have a faith it's all wasted because you're such a great person you'd be a great Christian (laughs) or you'd be a great this that and the other so I think that's an interesting debate in its own Right. And something I've really noticed last 18 months, so many people who wouldn't necessarily wear a badge saying I am a person of this faith or that faith or even of any faith, have I think, given what we've all been through and are still going through, found something they didn't even know necessarily they had or which had been dormant for a while. I want to discuss that later on, so hold that thought. Uh, I should say also joining us later in the programme is Jazjeet Singh. He's an associate professor at the School of Philosophy, Religion and History of Science here at um, the University of Leeds. And he's a bit of an expert on all things religion and lead. So hopefully we'll hear from him later. But um, yeah, Andrew, back to you then. Uh, tell us a bit about, and this is quite a broad question, I accept, religion in Leeds. So it's quite a diverse place, I would have said. And would you say religion's a big part of life in Leeds? It's an interesting question. So I'd say at the start that even though the, the station where I broadcast and have worked for uh, close on 30 years now is, is called BBC Radio Leeds, that's more an historical thing because of where it started uh, more than 50 years ago, we actually cover the whole of West Yorkshire. So when I'm broadcasting, it's not just to, to Leeds. And what I'm bearing in mind there is that primarily... I think our listeners are people who want to listen to the radio station or not being big-headed about it, but often people listen because they like, they're there at a certain time of day or they like a certain presenter. So I don't make any assumption that on a Sunday morning, any more than a Saturday morning or a Thursday morning or a Tuesday morning, that there are people of 
faith listening i hope that what we talk about is of interest and is about human beings and their lives and one of the stories as it were of life and a hugely significant one which um, is so broad and complex is faith so our program is focused around faith and ethics but apart from anything else i hope it's about people with good stories to tell if you look at west yorkshire though yes we've got a hugely diverse population third largest jewish population in the country is in leeds after london and Manchester Benji so we're we're talking there about but and a geographically this is just its yeah. area quite geographically specific we look at uh, people of the Muslim faith and also I think of the Jewish faith where you're talking actually about an identity often very much as well as a faith for some people faith is something they get out of a box once a week or perhaps even once or twice a year for a lot of people their faith is something they live through all the time it's their culture it's their identity it's who they are so I think I'm trying to cover all of that and actually investigate faith as well so if somebody says I'm a Jain or would you like to come and have a look at the new Buddhist temple we're starting work on with volunteers that for me is as much of the faith story as any of the other things that people might think of more typically faith going to a church service or yeah. a remembrance service or whatever it may be that's so true and this is something I want to talk to you about I think Benji do you see faith and your faith as a kind of way of life or is it that kind of thing where you maybe you do for half day on Sunday I think Judaism is a bit of an exception with lots of religions because I think it's much more than a religion. People will give you many different answers when you ask them what Judaism is. Some people say it's just a religion. Others will say it's an ethnicity. Others will say uh, it's a race. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, casting judgment on any of those. But the point is, you very much get cultural Jews which practice the faith, but say don't necessarily believe in God. Um, maybe they're traditional, so they did, they do what their parents did. They light candles. They have a Friday night meal. Uh, but they don't uh, do other parts of the faith. So I think with Judaism, there's a capacity for an incredibly broad interpretation, uh, which for me is what's very interesting. Yeah. And Bella, your faith or lack of it, I suppose, mm. how does that, does that influence your life in any way? Um, no, I wouldn't say it does. I mean, I don't have any kind of, you know, rituals or routine that I follow week in, week out. And I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't affect yeah. it at all. Uh, you, you call yourself agnostic. Yes. Was j- just first of all explain what that means because I think some people might not know, and also, how did you kind of come to that? Because I guess it's something you at least have to think about. Yeah. Um. Well, it's not going to be a dictionary definition because <laughs> yeah, I don't know it off by heart. But for me, being agnostic is. Like, I don't necessarily believe in any kind of God, but I do believe in the existence of some kind of, you know, higher being. And, like, I like the idea of, you know, going to heaven after you die, but um, I don't have any set faith. No specific kind of religion. Um, And I don't know, it just came about from... So I wasn't brought up in a religious family at all. We barely went to church. Um, if ever, I think my mum likes the idea of going, you know, for Chris Dingle, <laughs> yeah. see, but that's about it. Um, but I think just having m- my dad and I have many conversations about religion, and I think from that, I gathered that although I don't follow a religion, I still like the idea of different religions, and so being agnostic was my way of, you know, following that. Yeah, and I guess, Andrew, that kind of comes back to this idea of not just religion as a religion but as a culture or as a community uh how strong are those communities in Leeds and is it is do they do they kind of 
work together in any way? Do they are they quite cohesive? Uh, there are a lot of groups who there are forums. For example, there's an interfaith forum in, in in Leeds, not too far from here, in the other university up the road. <laughs> I remember sitting there when I began presenting the Sunday Breakfast Show on BBC Radio Leeds, which is close on four years ago now. I wanted to get the word out about what I was doing. One of the things I love doing is going to someone's place of worship, and going on a tour of that for the radio and describing it because I find that's a really good way of getting people to open up about their faith and some of the practical things. So if you go to a synagogue for example you might discuss the layout of a synagogue and the fact that the geography the architecture of it gives an idea of faith or you go to a beautiful Muslim temple in South Leeds which has been put together through the hard work and the dedication of that community and hear what it means to people. Why have you got that beautiful chandelier in the middle? Why have you got what looks like a very big washroom there? If you don't understand the Muslim faith you might not understand what that's all about and it allows me to have that conversation and to find out how much people's faith so for example I remember going to one particular uh, mosque in in South Leeds and hearing about the number of people on a Friday will come there from the White Rose Centre the big shopping centre on the southern side of Leeds and they will come there for worship on a on a Friday and that gives an idea then of how lives fit in with the people who are working in retail or might be taxi drivers who suddenly for them for Friday prayers, that's really important. Or you were saying, Benji, about different. I mean, in 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 Leeds, that the different aspects of Judaism so big. I've hosted events on behalf of of, of say a synagogue and gone from people who embraced me and gave me a kiss because we've met several times to then me putting my hand out to a woman who then said, "Well, you you can't you know can't touch me because that particular manifestation of my faith and where I am on that spectrum means that." You certainly aren't going to give me a giving me a kiss. You're not even going to be touching me. And yeah. At the beginning, I find myself thinking, "Oh, but if you ask the question and talk about it, people are open." I found to talking about their faith, their life, and their culture. People are open. I think you talk about diversity within Judaism specifically. I don't know a lot about different religions, but you certainly got within Judaism. You've got Reform, you've got Conservative, you've got Orthodox, of which I am a part. And I think what unites different Jews isn't so much a single, um, you know, a single belief in a certain. Uh, doctrine it's more the cultural aspect the fact that we all believe in in Moses and Abraham as the father of our religion and I think that's what binds everyone together more than say a stance on God um, for example I might describe myself as an agnostic Jew and indeed I do because the fact of the matter is that is okay and many Jews uh, have different views on God compared to what you may yeah. what you may believe joining us now is Jazjit Singh. He is an associate professor at the School of Philosophy, Religion and History of Science at the Uni of Leeds and you are Sikh. Jazjit, how are you? I'm good, thanks. I'm fine. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Now you're here, it would be great to hear a bit from you about uh, the demographics of religions in Leeds and uh, what we know, because as I understand it, the date is actually quite out of date. Well, it is out of date because... um, much of the data that is there about religions, you know, in general, is from the 2011 census. So, they have a much better picture of the of the demographics of Leeds come next April uh, 2022, when the data from the ONS will be released. But um, historically, the religious communities of Leeds have pretty much mapped the national picture. So, the good thing about studying religion in Leeds is that you have a good uh, a good choice of, of 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 communities to study. And the fact is that most of the main traditions are well represented in Leeds through communities and, and buildings and the like. Yeah, so you would describe Leeds as diverse? 
Well, yeah. So th- th- there is a presence of, of pretty much every every one of the main religious communities. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And um, do you think that those religions are all fairly represented in Leeds? So um, if we take your own faith, you'll mm-hmm. see that's one percent of the population, according to my my figures. Do you feel like your re- your religion is represented within within Leeds at all? Um, so I think Leeds as a city d- does quite a lot. Uh, there's a religion and, f- and faith hub in the council, so you know which tries to get different communities together. There are a number of interfaith organisations like Concord and the Leeds Faith Forum. So there's l- lots of initiatives uh, in Leeds uh, to try and get communities together, as as there are in Bradford too. In terms of representation, that, that's really interesting because historically policymakers and media tend to try and talk to people from institutions religious institutions primarily um but you know that that kind of that model of religious communities only existing in institutions is, is a little is a little outdated now especially when there's so much going online which is my own research interest in looking at how the online environment's impacting on religion so there's lots of different ways of engaging with communities beyond just simply linking to people who go to institutions yeah absolutely and um, do you think that, uh, and this is a question I'm going to put to all the panel in a minute, but do you think the pandemic's played any kind of role in that online element, but also just in in faith and religion more generally? Are people moving to it? Are we going to expect big changes in the census um, in April or March? Well, firstly, census data-wise, I expect an increase in no religion because there's been a you know a higher trajectory of that from... Well, since the religion question was introduced in 2001, the number of, number of people ticking the no religion box has been on the increase. Uh, and Christianity has been on the decrease since the question was introduced as well. I think in terms of minority religions, you might see a small increase, but nothing, nothing excessive. In terms of COVID, so at the moment, I'm actually running an online, a, a survey to ask how COVID's affected uh, Sikh practice. And what you found is obviously, as people haven't been able to go to institutions for their you know worship or community engagement there's been a lot of interesting ways in which people have used the online environment to engage with with religion so personally i've actually come across discord for instance being used by by religious groups for you know audio um community uh, twitter spaces is being used so all, all these new innovations and the thing about the, uh, the the technological environment is there's so much innovation all the time all these innovations are being used by religious communities have been used during covid to keep communities together in a way yeah yeah andrew is that something you see when you speak to these leaders i've definitely noticed it and one of the things hi jazjit that that i've noticed is that when you are broadcasting about faith on the radio of course you're not broadcasting to leaders or buildings you're broadcasting to whoever (laughs) happens to be listening and and that is reflected in the point i made earlier that people perhaps who didn't wear a badge saying a particular faith or perhaps they've fallen away from the faith they grew up in they've somehow been attracted back they people couldn't meet they couldn't worship in a formal sense and actually finding a space on the radio with familiar people and familiar voices at a familiar time has meant a great deal and what i've picked up on we have something called the faith catch-up every sunday morning and i speak to people from a huge variety of different faiths and actually the technology has become more democratic so in the past younger people would be great with technology older people wouldn't that's a broad generalization but that's how it's gone and what's happened now is that actually that's changed so a lot of people have got to grips with technology or they've asked friends and relatives to help them with it so actually some 
for example, churches that had a very young congregation who physically went, who've gone online, have found actually a lot of older people who have never got to grips with the technology to join anything online, now it's not actually happening in a real space at a real time, have found a way to join online. So people have actually seen their congregations, for want of a better word, changing as a result of that. And actually people who have been really engaged in a physical sense, pre-pandemic, are not there and actually some of the people perhaps older perhaps more disengaged it's more neutral it's more democratic everyone can have a voice and a presence and you barely need to leave your sofa suddenly find themselves there which i think has been an interesting thing as well and as a as a radio station we found more people listening to our faith programs than in previous times would you say it's more liberating then for those religions are they going to see you know maybe a bit of a resurgence in a way that they haven't previously you know just you were saying religions on the decline, no religions on the up? I think liberating is an interesting question. I, I would make a comparison to, uh, for example, you've got the boss of a big company and all the staff on a Zoom call, and everybody is the same shape box. And often the boss has been so used to having somebody, some flunky, set all the equipment up that actually they're pretty rubbish in the technology. So there, you've got the person who's just come in, who is a whiz on it, and is there and is confident and doesn't feel bowed down by everybody in the office environment. You've got the boss fiddling with it, so I don't how this works and they're pointing the camera up their nostrils and I somehow think that you see a bit of the same with faith as well that faith has become a bit more what a lot of people would say it ought to be which is not about hierarchies and more about people that is an observation of mine purely personal observation not based on any science but that's a feeling I have got over the last 18 months plus I absolutely agree I think certainly from my um, from my experience um, I want to move on a bit now and talk more specifically about university and I'm going to put myself out there and say that not a lot of people talk about faith at university, with the exception of Benji. But, um, well, that's, you know, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, because I completely agree with you, and I think there's certainly the platform to increase awareness of that on campus. Yeah. Um, so, Bella, you've been at uni longer than me. I have. And you've seen it all, COVID, not COVID, and everything yeah. in between. Have you ever seen anything that's... Any adaptations or any accommodations that have been made for people of different faiths? Um, I can't say that I have, no. The one time that I can remember having active conversations about faith was during my first year when I did a foundation year, um, Arts and Humanities, and um, it was surrounding you know, religion in Leeds and we did a case study on it, but other than that, there's not really, from my perspective, there's not been any changes in representation for any kind of faith throughout yeah. the union or like on like the uni of Leeds is very active on social media and although they like do make a point of mentioning it it's not it's it's all kind of messaging and publicity rather than yeah. rather than action uh, Jasmine obviously you're teaching and you're teaching stuff at the university would you agree with that or is that unfair well it's it's interesting so for my PhD I actually looked at faith societies at universities as well and these are societies that are organised by students for students. So, and it's important to understand that faith, the, the religious label, isn't just about belief and you know praying and the like. It's also about you know getting together with people who from the same kind of heritage background as well. So, I found the Sikh societies, the Muslim society, Hindu society are all really really active. So, there's lots of stuff going on which maybe the institution isn't actually aware of. Um, and I know that, but I do know that, for instance. Freshers, the, the Freshers' Fair, you know, th there have been moves to make Fre Freshers' Week less reliant on alcohol, for instance, and that, you know, for, 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 for there to be more 
options available to people who maybe are, are from faith and, and other backgrounds who maybe don't want to just participate in alcohol related events so i think things are moving in the right direction yeah definitely do you think the uni can do more to push that because as you say a lot of that comes from the societies which is obviously kind of like a ground up up approach from the students rather than a top-down approach from the university or from the uni yes i think i mean exactly because people set things up because because there's obviously a gap there and they want to engage with these things so i think that i think more engagement with, with societies in general would be a good thing yeah Tom, can I give an example here? My daughter's in the in the third year of a, a degree, a history degree at York University, and she's doing a, a student job at the moment, a paid job. She had a year abroad, and she's working with other students on exchange years, and they've got a real network. So some of the students who've come from other universities who are studying at York, she's doing that work as well. 11.30, last Friday night, she got a call, Thursday night, she got a call to say, we've got a giant pot of curry here, which we reckon will feed 100 people. Would you like some curry? And... <laughs> You know, being somebody, uh, you know, she's her father's daughter. She she said, well, yeah, what, what's not to like about that? <laughs> now, what had happened is one of the friends of one of the people she's working with is uh, had been at a, a gathering for Diwali. Yeah. And they'd got the caterers in, and the caterers, even though they were very generous, had obviously over-catered for those 100 people, and there they were with a pot of food. So what happened? On social media, on the phone and the rest of it, the call went out. 11.30 at night, Jazjit, you had a group of yep. students with the prospect of a free meal sitting round, not just this giant tub of curry, but all the bits that went with it. And I bet <laughs> that discussion about faith, in the way I was saying earlier before you joined us, that actually I like talking yeah. to people about lived faith and not yeah, making a big absolutely. formal deal of it. I bet they talk more about divine. Now, Diwali is something that Hindus, Sikhs, Jains, some Buddhists are involved with. I would have been fascinated to hear that conversation with young people from around the world troughing into a load of free curry at midnight. (laughs) That sounds brilliant. I wish I was there. It's it's very true, though, because even like the Diwali fireworks last week or was it the week before, people ask questions. And I think things like that is probably going to be the way to to move things forward. I don't know. Benji Hanukkah's coming up. Do you think those kind of events, so maybe the more like community-based events that are just like quite like hearted and fun rather than maybe like a formal service or church service? Um, or yeah, yeah, I think, I think communal events are important and I think Hanukkah is very much the token festival that everyone throws around because that's the one that everyone knows about. But I think to get to the crux of the issue, I don't think it's good enough to sit around, have some curry, have a few donuts. I think there's a lot more that needs to be done by the universities, by the union. I'll give you an example of that. I've got a friend who does geography, and it's a recurring theme that the geography field trips are always on a weekend, that's Saturday and Sunday. As a Jew, we are not allowed to do work on a Saturday, meaning that for religious students, they're simply not able to participate in these geography field trips. And I spoke to her. I said, this is appalling. You need to speak to someone about this. She says, they won't care. They won't care. And, and they haven't cared for years. You know, what, what is needed to drive about this kind of change and acceptance is not to sit around and have some donuts. It's a lot more than that. See, that is exactly the kind of thing I wanted to do this discussion because of, because there are those small, well, they're not small things to, to you or to people of your faith, but to, to an outsider, that is, a, that is probably not a priority. That's not something they'd see as important, but it really is something they should see as important. And just... Uh, by having a faith that is impacting your education which was my next question actually is having a, a faith and a strongly held faith uh, negatively impacting your experience at university um it is or having positively? a faith um 
so, so far, I don't think it's impacted me. I think, if anything, it's had a positive impact. I don't do a subject where it's become necessary to miss out on much. I've had to miss out a few of my early lectures because of festivals in September, October. But to be honest, uh, being Jew Jewish on campus is wonderful because there's so many organisations out there to help you. There's um, there's Chabad, there's Aish, there, there's the chaplaincy. Um, there's all these rabbis who are there. Three rabbis we've got on campus, which is just incredible. But they've put, been put in place by Jewish charities. The university yeah. has nothing to do with that. Do you think the university needs more funding or is there something else that the university can do to kind of push these things forward? Because as Bella said, there's a lot of PR, there's a lot of social media, but it... I think it's an attitude. I think, it, I think it's an attitude yeah. problem. You know, for all this talk about, say, very, very importantly, pride and Black Lives Matter, if we spoke about religion just as much as we spoke about that, I'm sure there would be substantial changes. But the fact is, we don't. Just it's Andrew. Can I ask you that question? From your point of view, as somebody who um, is an academic at the university, are those conversations had? Does it come down to logistics? Does it come down to a well, lack of understanding? Chelsea was nodding his whole way through that. <laughs> it's a really good question. And I, actually, thinking about it, See, the kind of conversation we're having now probably wouldn't happen because people generally, you know, when I've looked at um, faith societies, people generally talk to people in their own faith societies. But I haven't come across that many events where we've had a conversation between different people, people from different faiths and different backgrounds. So to be honest, Tom, it'd be good to do this kind of program quite not 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 regularly, regularly, but maybe once a month or something. And also, from what I understand, um, there is a religion and belief task force being set up, which I've actually applied to be on so yeah. maybe when that happens these sorts of things can be taken seriously but again i think it needs to be the discussions need, need to happen at the at the grassroots level so that people can raise issues that you know that actually affect them yeah absolutely i think i think it's definitely a conversation we need to have more that's why we're here today yeah but definitely something we need to build on and i know benji you do that through your show do you want to just talk a bit about your show and what kind of thing you do and why you do it? I thought you never ask. <laughs> so, um, no, 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 but, but this, seriously, um, I was looking through the Leeds uh, radio schedule uh, at the start of this year, and it basically struck me that, that there's very little to do with faiths and to do with discussing cultures, and I thought this is something that can not only be of great interest to people, people, um, you, you know, are actually genuinely very interested in this kind of thing. It can be very educational as well. I spoke about an attitude change and what better way to do that than to start a radio show talking to people about their about their religions. Yeah, putting your money where your mouth is. Yeah, as well. Um, Bella, do you think, I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to put my pragmatic ha hat on now, do you think that if more of these events were organised, you know, for example, if, you know, there was a curry night for Diwali, if more adaptations were made whatever it may be do you think people would care or is it or is this for the majority of people a minor issue um personally i would care i'd absolutely love to attend any kind of yeah. you know different um events like celebrating any different kind of culture religion or faith but i'm not too sure about how other students on campus would feel like not in the sense that it's a bad idea, just I don't know whether they would attend or not. Because yeah, I think there is like an attitude um, with some students where, oh, well, it's not my religion, so I shouldn't need to care. Absolutely. I think people talk the talk when it comes to university and coming to university and seeing different cultures and living a different life. But is that the reality, Jazz well, I find if you offer people a free lunch, they definitely want to attend. <laughs> free food, want to attend anything. Um, so we we took our um, 
we took our first years on a bus tour of, of institutions in Leeds with the offer of a, of a free lunch in it. Um, and it's interesting <laughs> to see how many people, how many people haven't actually, in, you know, ever been to a mosque or synagogue or gurdwara or, you know, or various different kinds of institutions. And the point, point about Leeds, as I said, is that you do have access to all these kinds of institutions there. So it makes sense to make, make use of it. Mm, absolutely. I think free lunch would probably get a lot of people there if we're being honest. <laughs> exactly. But, um, um, uh, just changing the tone slightly, Benji, do you ever think people feel pressure to hide their faith? Because I know a lot of people who perhaps are more religious at home or would go to church or, or um, the synagogue. Or, um, or there's, a, there's a very simple answer so, to that. Uh, yes, almost yeah. all the Jews I know hide their faith. None of them wear a kippah on campus. I, I think I know two or three people who wear, would would feel yeah. comfortable wearing a kippah, like a skull cap. People don't wear um, Jewish necklaces which have the Star of David because they feel like they would be very intimidated if they wore that on campus. And you, you know, I, I see where they're coming from. At the moment, I'm not myself wearing a kippah. So, so yes, would be the simple answer to that. And uh, t- just feel free not to answer this if you don't want to. But why is that? Is it? Do you feel kind of singled out or is there a different reason i think there's a multitude of reasons and you know some of them can get you know quite divisive and i don't want to split any hairs at all but i think it's safe to say that there's certain issues that people feel very strongly about which um you know people don't think affect jews but um that they actually do affect jews and they affect a lot of jews i know um and it makes them not want to show their faith and broadcast their faith on campus so people feel afraid Yes. Would you go that far? I would go yeah. that far, yeah. Can I interject with go something? On, go on. Hearing that makes me feel really upset, knowing that mm. people don't feel comfortable, you know, showing their faith on campus, because you come to uni hearing that, oh, it's a really welcoming place and everyone's, you know, willing to accept everyone else, and then hearing that people don't feel comfortable is heartbreaking. I completely agree, and to be honest with you, I'm so glad, in a way, you've said, well, I'm horrified you've said it, but at the same time, I'm glad you've made that case publicly because I think people I think you're right people talk about politics or they talk about issues moral issues religious religious issues whatever they are and they perhaps don't consider the impact that has on other people and do you think going back to that question again do you think there's anything we could do to change that what would you do or is I, it I think it's, I think it's issues of discourse and about how people talk about topics and I don't think um, I, I don't really think anything should be off topic when it comes to debating. But I, I think when that's done, I think uh, when all is said and done, pe- people need to remember what the real issues are. And you know, despite all the theory and the principles and things like that, it, it, these are people at the end of the day, and, and people deserve to feel belong uh, to, to feel uh, belo- that, like they belong and that they matter, and they shouldn't feel threatened and unsafe. Mm. I'm glad you said that, and I will chase that with the university because that's. That's not, that's not fair. Tell you what struck me, Tom. Yeah. You, I called you to say I was here. You met me at the Parkinson Steps outside the university and I saw young people. One of the reasons I love living in Leeds, I live in Headingley myself, is the vibrancy of in being in a university community. And there were so many different types of dress, of individuality, of hair colour, of, of outfits that yeah. people were wearing. What is interesting is you've got that diversity in sort of normal civilian gear, but actually wearing anything that denotes your faith from what I'm hearing from Benji and from Bella, that's a very different thing. So I'm meeting you, Jazz. I mean, in a sense, you wear your religion on your sleeve a bit, don't you? Well, that's kind of, yeah, why it's there. It's supposed to be there for us to stick out. I mean, it's really, it's a really interesting and, you know, sad point Benji's raised. 
Um, but again, I think I think many of these issues would. Uh, so much of it is, is, is due to a lack of exposure. So when I talk to my students, my first year students, about which religions they've engaged with or which, which kind of institutions they've visited, their experiences are often so limited. So in Leeds, you know, you can often assume that everyone has been born and brought up in a multicultural society, but that's not the case for so many people. And it's important for us to recognise that and maybe try and do something to, you know, to change that or at least give people new experiences. I think you both make very good points there, Andrew, especially when you talk about there is so much diversity within this campus, but why not religious? I mean, just drawing my own personal experience here a second, I live with people of four different faiths. So I live with atheists, Hindus, a Jew and a Christian. And within the house, and if everyone is comfortable to do everything, but I definitely see that firsthand, like even within my own house, it, there is... There is definitely that that kind of attitude. And just you, I'll go back to you again. What do you think we can do to change that? Is there anything, or is this like a very long-term cultural shift that's going to have to take a lot of effort and a lot of time from all the parties involved? Okay, so there are individual issues, obviously, but 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 there are structural issues. You know, let's be honest. So I teach a module on religion and media, uh, which talks about policy as well. And the fact is that, you know, unless politicians are looking to try, at least try and encourage dialogue and discourse, which at the moment I don't think they are, then, you know, society, I mean, the whole culture war that's currently, you know, being, being, um, being revved up doesn't help with this sort of thing at all. So it's important for, you know, us as a society and country to think about bringing people together. And as I say, you know, policy and media have a very important role to play in this. Definitely. And anything specific you have in mind there, or just? Well, just stop. <laughs> stop. How about stop writing racist newspaper articles, for example? Yeah. I mean, you've hit the nail on the head, haven't you? We'll wrap up then, as we're coming to the end of the show, and I want to ask you all different questions. But Andrew, we'll start with you again. Uh, you talk to people of all faiths for your show. We've talked about that. Uh, what do you think they can do to engage young people? Because we talked about the university. If anything, if anything, the university isn't doing enough, but they are slow to change. If we're being realistic, perhaps the, would you agree that maybe faith groups could do more to engage young people, and therefore people would perhaps feel more comfortable with their religion in Leeds? I think there are an awful lot of very energetic. Uh, religious organisations with young people at their heart. I think that one of the realities that loads of organisations are facing, whether it's a Rotary Club or a Speakers Club or whatever it may be, a luncheon club, and I get invited to speak to quite a few of these things, is society is changing and often the people who run places of worship, whether it's a synagogue or a mosque or a temple or whatever it may be, are often people at the other end of life with yeah. a bit of time on their hands. And one of the dilemmas is not excluding those and making them feel they don't have a role but actually having the new younger people with different ways of doing things and I in my life have never sensed a bigger sort of tension I feel well so much is changing at the moment and whether it's voluntary organizations saying why don't we ever get young members here and I'll say well you know meeting on a Monday lunchtime you're not ever going to are you because people are trying to work <laughs> or do whatever they're doing I think we're at a stage now probably if just offered a free lunch it might change but anyway <laughs> I, I think we're at a change when we ought to be really realistic at the way I think that faith is about who we are inside it's not about buildings and regulations and we always do this 
this at a certain time in a certain way. I feel this is something of a watershed in lots of areas. We're talking about the climate at the moment. We're talking about mm. society, this big debate about, quote, wokeism and the rest. And I think I feel we're at the biggest crossroads I've been in in my life. And I think there's an opportunity here for people to say, look, it doesn't always need to be like this. We can embrace technology, some of the lessons of the last 18 months. And actually, we can go forward with a new model, which brings in the best of this, the breast of that, the, what the older people and the younger people and those of us in the middle have experienced. And I hope, that's probably a very naive view, but I hope we're at a time of change. And actually, what I will say about the debate about Yorkshire cricket, the fact that some of that is now being talked about and is public and is being aired, things that none of, you know, it's no one would agree is acceptable. I think the fact we're having these conversations gives me hope. Benji, Bella, would you go if, you know, say for example, Saturday lunchtime rather than Monday lunchtime meeting, you have meetings, would you consider Not for Benji on a Saturday. Say, so he's he's going to want it on a Sunday. <laughs> oh, this, is the, this is the problem. I've done myself over there, haven't I? <laughs> yes. You know what I mean. So, so what was the question? Um, so would you, if religious organisations adapted to work around the needs of students, you know, meeting at 9am on a Monday is not going to do it for anyone. If they meet at another time that's more convenient for you, maybe an evening, maybe a weekend, would you consider going? Would you be more engaged? As, as in if something was not on a Saturday, but, and I would go, obviously I would go to that, but I, I think for me it's the wider discourse change, and you know, none, none of people saying things, I think lots of people say a lot of things, I think it's more the tangible action that we need and for people not to turn a blind eye and I think it, it, with the increasing secularisation of society which has been happening for 50, 60 years now it's, it means that it's a lot harder to show that religious diversity, I think there needs to be an acceptance that it's okay to show yeah. religious diversity and for accommodation to be made of that um, I, would, I would absolutely attend any kind of conversation and uh, if free lunch is involved, I will also be there. <laughs> Same for me. Yeah, um, but one like suggestion I would make is that Wednesday afternoons, it's usually saved for, you know, varsity yeah, sports. sports time. But a lot of students don't have any kind of lectures or seminars on a Wednesday afternoon. So if there was ever a time to, you know, create a kind of uh, group, like, a Wednesday like, afternoon we'll, yeah. we'll probably get a lot of people through that's a very good point which I hadn't thought of yeah. <laughs> which basically sums up this conversation thank you all four of you Jazjit Singh Andrew Edwards Benji Goldstein and Bella Lamas uh, this has been the latest I've been Tom and we'll be back next week with another one <laughs>